Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. One more time, let's give the Lord a hand praise of thanksgiving. Amen. You may be seated for a moment. What a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord. I'm mean, glad to be in church tonight. Amen. And what a great feeling in the spirit there is. Hallelujah. Where God can do all kind of great things. And is doing great things. Hallelujah. Amen. I was really disappointed when you said you didn't know what I was going to do. I was hoping you were going to tell me. But alas, here we are. And it is so cool to see everybody here tonight. Amen. The first time I came to this church was in 1971. I don't really remember a whole lot about it. I might be amongst the few of us from that time. Just a few. Just a few. So there's a special place in our hearts for this church and this congregation. It's where we were born, where my family was born, where we got established, where we were able to put roots and then launch forth and bear fruit. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for that. Thankful for that. And it's so good to see a lot of familiar faces, a lot of good friends, people that I've grown up with, people that I have met along the way. And I give honor to your bishop and his wife. Amen. He kind of holds two spots in my life, sort of a daddy in the gospel, but it was really short, and then mostly a grandfather in the gospel in my life, and has been that for a long time. To our ministers here on the platform, whom I have known for a really long time, most of you, I honor you and your work that you're doing, and those ministers in the audience I appreciate your work and your effort in the kingdom of God. To all the saints of the Most High, isn't it a joy to be in his presence? It's such a joy to be in his presence. So glad to have my wife with me. Amen. What a privilege. Amen. We don't, we don't get to travel together very often. Huh? <laughs> She's commenting. And my daughter. Amen. My beautiful daughter. The beautifulest daughter that I have. Amen. The Lord's good to us. Well, if you don't mind standing, we'll go to the word of the Lord. I certainly am honored to be here tonight and count it a privilege to have been given this time of trust 
And uh, I don't take it lightly that your pastor has entrusted me. Amen. Pastor David Wright and his wife are good people. Wonderful people. And uh, it's, it's, um, it speaks, speaks a lot that you're here and they're not. Amen. And uh, I count a privilege that he uh, trusted me to be here tonight in his absence. Turn to the book of Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5, and we're going to start at verse number 9. The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 5 and verse number 9, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month and even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cake and parched corn in the selfsame day. Verse number 12 tells us, And the manna ceased on the morrow... After they had eaten of the old corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Hallelujah. Your son is calling me. Doesn't he know I'm at work? (laughs) Where were we? The children of Israel ate of the old corn of the land after the Passover. As soon as they did that, verse number 12, the Bible says that the manna ceased. At the end of that verse, it says, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. I want to deliver to you a very, very simple, simple thought. And I want somebody to leave here tonight knowing without a shadow of a doubt, regardless of I don't want to give you that yet, but I want you to know you are not on your own. That you're not on your own. Regardless of what you're eating, you're not on your own. I want you to turn to two or three people and I want you to point your finger in their face and I want you to tell them emphatically, you are not 
on your own. Now let's put our Bibles down and let's give the Lord a big hand of praise, of thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. There are times, I don't know about you, but in my life, that it feels like God is absent. It just feels that way. Feels that way sometimes when I pray that the prayers may make it to the ceiling, but that's about as far as it goes. And I'm doing the best I can do, but it feels like I'm all by myself. I'm doing everything I know to do. I'm worshiping. I'm magnifying him. I'm clapping. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm reading my Bible. And it feels like I'm all by myself. Anybody ever felt that way before? Come on, it's like, it doesn't mean you're in sin. It doesn't mean you're backslidden. We got to talk about what it means, but I have felt that way, and I'm probably going to feel that way again. But I, I need to understand, and I need you to understand, that regardless of how we feel, regardless of what's going on around us, regardless if it feels like my prayers aren't going anywhere, I am not alone in this situation. I'm not by myself. I'm not by myself. I have had occasions in my life, and a specific occasion in my life, to talk to and deal with people that are distressed. People that feel like they have reached the end of their, uh, their rope. They've come to their limitations. Their faith is very important to them. Their walk with God is, is uh, very important to them. They've tried to follow Him and they sincerely believe God's direction for their life. They feel absolutely certain as to the will of God in a particular situation. And in talking to them, they express to me that God does not provide for them what they expected. And they feel disappointed. And they feel discouraged as a result of that. And it becomes very clear to them that God is absent in their life. Because they're praying because they're believing, because they've got faith, and God does not provide what they expect Him to provide. And it feels like maybe God failed them. Now, I've only got, I was told, a 30-minute battery in this microphone. 
I know there's a car battery somewhere around here we can hook this bad boy up to. But we're going to try to move our way through this. I want to tell somebody it's often the case that God moves in ways that we don't expect or that we even understand. We know that the Bible declares to us that his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. But it is so true in our humanity that we are still shaken. We are still put off course. We are still frustrated when God allows certain outcomes to a situation that is completely opposite of what we are expecting and believing we had a word from him concerning. Oh, maybe, maybe it doesn't happen to you. Maybe you, maybe it all works out the way you think it's going to work out. But I've had occasion where God has come out of the left field and I didn't know he was even over there. I've had occasion where I've had it all worked out. God, you're going to do it A, B, and C. And he's in some other part of the alphabet. I had no idea. And because of that, it can feel strange. It can feel disconcerting. It can be disappointing. And it can be frustrating when I'm believing for God to move this way. And he moves this way. I've got to make a decision and I've got to understand, is this really God moving in my life when he moves in a way that I don't expect him to move? See, this is the way it was for the children of Israel as they begin to transition from the wilderness into the promised land. The Bible tells us that after journeying in the wilderness, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, that the children of Israel arrive at the river we know as the Jordan River. The Bible says that they crossed over the Jordan River. We find that in chapter 4. We find that they make a better decision than their parents made. Sometimes that's necessary for the next generation to take stock of what the previous generation did and make better choices. There's some, some decisions we need to recalculate and make sure that we're doing it better than the previous generation. Some decisions we need to do the same and some decisions we need to do differently. Needless to say, they made a decision, we're not going to be in the desert any longer. And so they cross over on dry ground in chapter 4. The Bible says that God commands the covenant of circumcision to be acted out in chapter 5. The Bible says that they continued as the people celebrated their first Passover in the land called the promised land. Through all of this, 
we find that the children of Israel are obedient. Everybody say they were obedient. As they were following God's direction. Oh, how important that is. To be obedient to the direction of God. And we find that the children of Israel were obedient. They had learned the history lesson well. And they were determined not to repeat what the previous generations had done in their life. And they were very tuned in to the direction of God. And they were going to follow him. They were going to follow his lead, the direction, the move. They had been practicing in the wilderness. When the fire moved, they moved. When the cloud moved, they moved. When the trumpets were blown, they did what they were supposed to do. When it was time to worship, they worshiped. When it was time to sacrifice, they sacrificed. When it was time to gather, they gathered. They were obedient to the direction of God. Now we see, because we have the benefit of reading, that later in chapter 6, they were going to conquer the great city of Jericho. But in the midst of this epic journey of their life and the future victory of this Jericho experience, we read an almost small hidden detail that we, and or at least myself, have looked over many, many times. You see, they had just celebrated the Passover and the very next morning, as they wait on the plains of the walled city of Jericho, getting ready to see even a more miraculous hand of God unfold before them. They were preparing for war. They would go outside of their tent and they would begin their day as they had always begun their day. And they were going to move forward in the name of God. They go outside and they discover there's no more manna. The manna stopped the day after they ate of the food of the land. Joshua chapter 5 verse 12. The manna stopped. It ceased after they ate from the food of the land. For the first weekday morning since Exodus chapter 16, for the very first time, there was no manna. They weren't prepared for this. They hadn't considered this. 
I mean, they'd gotten sick of manna and they asked God for something else and God gave them so much of it that they begin, it began to run out their noses. But never before had they even considered that there would be no manna. Manna was, it was the staple of their existence. It was what their diet consisted of completely. It was their life. It was what they, in essence, what they breathed and what they ate and what they talked about and how they survived. It signified more than just food in their life. It signified the provision of God in their life. It signified victory of God in their life. It signified when I have nothing, God's going to provide me something in my life. It signified uh, everything uh, around me is going bad. But in the morning, I know that God is going to give me my manna in the morning. It signified that regardless of what the enemy was going to do, regardless of how they felt, God was always going to provide manna for me. I wonder if there's anybody in the room that can say, I'm thankful for the things that God does for me. I'm thankful that when I come into the house of the Lord, there's always going to be a song to sing. There's always going to be worship to be had. There's always, come on somebody, are you thankful for the things uh, that you count on every single day uh, in your relationship with God? Is there anybody that can say, I'm glad when I wake up in the morning uh, that God is always going to be on my side. I'm glad uh, he gives me indication uh, every day of my life uh, that he's always going to be with me. Uh, He gives me provision uh, that I can count on uh, every single day. And it was a staple. It was it was something that they had come to count on every day of their life. But this day unbeknownst to them this day nobody had told them about this. They didn't get they didn't have a meeting There was no document written about it. There there was no memo that went out. There was no beating of the drum or sounding of the horns about this uh, impending change that was about to happen in their life. But this day when they woke up, there was to be no more what they had always come to expect in their life. We have the benefit of knowing the story. We have the benefit of seeing the results and how God operates. We have the benefit of reading through the life of the children of Israel and we can see the hand of God as he moves and as he positions. And we as readers expect the coming miraculous victory at Jericho And we come to understand that the inhabitants are going to be conquered in the promised land. Because we're reading ahead. We know the story. But the children of Israel, they didn't know what tomorrow was going to 
bring to them. All they knew is, wait a minute. Something's different about today. Wait a minute. Everything that I have come to count on as it relates to the power of God in my life, the memory of God in my life, the provision of God in my life, the victory of God in my life, the promise of God in my life is nowhere to be found. We are about to go against the most fortified city that we have ever gone against. We are about to take the promised land that we have been promised for generation upon generation upon generation. And we do not even have what we expect to have. They're caught in the midst of this trying moment. We're preparing for battle. We are readying ourselves for the greatest victory since God gave the promise to Abraham. We are on the precipice of really seeing the fulfillment of the words of God in our life. We are on the edge of becoming what God has promised us to become. And our morning indicators of everything about this is missing. I can only imagine the questions of the children of Israel that day. Similar to the ones that you and I would face and would be racing through our mind in our humanity are are we now on our own did God bring us out of Egypt and through the wilderness did God provide the rock did God give us the quail did God give us the manna did he take the bitter waters and make them sweet did he heal us from the snakes that were poisonous and about to destroy us only to bring us to this point and leave us. Has God abandoned us? Have we missed the will of God in our life? Have we misunderstood or have I misread God's plan for me? I mean, I've been obedient. What can this mean? And I can just, because I'm human also, I can just see that they had an opportunity to become discouraged. And they had a moment that they could be confused about their whole existence as it relates to the promise of God in their life. The promise that you are going to occupy. The promise that I'm going to make you a people, a nation. 
the promise that I'm going to give you a land and you are going to rule that land. And it all came down to whether or not there was a piece of bread in the morning or not. I want to tell you this evening that that's not God's message to them. The message of are you on your own? Has God abandoned them? Have they missed God's will? Have they misunderstood or misread God's plan? Is not the message for the people. God ceases the provision of manna and in so doing affirms to them that the journey that they have been on is now over and this is now your home. This is the place, he says, to make a new life just as I promised you. The battles have not been fought yet. The challenges have not been had yet. The difficult times are still to come. But children of Israel, you've made it through the wilderness. You've made it all the way. And now you are home. You are home. You are home. And God's message for somebody in this room tonight is, you may have been traveling a difficult path. And God has been providing you the sustenance, the victory, and the peace, and the joy that you've needed on that journey. But don't get discouraged when the man is not there in the morning uh, it means uh, it's time to change your diet uh, because you've reached uh, where you need to be in God for this moment this is what I told you I wanted you to be a part of this is where I told you I wanted you to be this is what I want you to experience and I cannot have you looking at yesteryear pining for the way I used to provide for you when I am ready to give you a brand new sustenance in your life. So in the midst of all of that transition, in the midst of all of that confusion of the moment, the message is you are not on your own in this. In challenging times, in transitional moments, God is still working on our behalf. He is no less involved in your life right now than he was when he was giving you manna. He is no less involved in your life when he was blessing the journey through the wilderness. He is still working on your behalf. The second thing that you got to know is that God 
is still providing the supplies. This is a new land. This is a land that doesn't need manna. This is a land that is filled with milk and honey. And it's milk and honey that I need you to start eating. And I don't need you to eat manna anymore. And the only way to change your diet is to stop giving you what you used to get. Somebody needs to embrace the new diet that God has for you. As God provides the resources in this new walk that he's given you. And thirdly, thirdly, God gives the strength. He will continue to provide. But this time, the people, the children of Israel, will also have to work on their own behalf. Now, they've got to go into the city. They've got to go to battle. They've got to do the work as God continues to provide for them. It's a new day. It's a new, it's a new land. It's a, it's a, it's a new chapter. It's, it hasn't been written yet. It hasn't been gone through yet. But they had been so long in the old way that when it came time to change, they could not hardly make the transition. Because God didn't do what they expected him to do. And they almost, like the previous generation, almost missed again the opportunity that God had for them. I mentioned in the beginning of this message Individuals that do what they know to do. They pray. They fast. They worship. They give. They participate. They volunteer. They work. They walk. They're separated from the world. Yet what they expect God to do in a situation he does not do. And it is paramount that we find God in the midst of our struggle of figuring out how to deal with the absence of the answer. It's important that we're able to peer through our doubt and our frustration. And it's important that we can still see God coming through the clouds of the storm of whatever situation we're going through. And to understand that God has not forgotten us. And God has not moved away from us. 
but that God has just changed the diet that he wants us to eat. That whatever he had been supplying had become so, we had become so accustomed to those answers. Oh, I, I, I've heard it all my life. Man, when I pray, God comes through just like this. And I'm thankful that he does. When I worship, this is the kind of feeling I get when I worship. When I sing, this is what happens when I sing. When I fast, this is what happens when I fast. But what do we do when it doesn't? What do we do when it changes on us? And God all of a sudden is over here saying, I'm not over there anymore. I'm over here. This is how I'm going to work that out. This is what I'm going to do in that situation. And we say, but God, I've always had manna. I've always ate manna. I've always cooked manna. I fried it. I boiled it. I flipped it. I I pounded it. I've always done it. I know how to eat it. It's good. It feels good. I like it. My family likes it. Everything is perfect when I got manna. And God says, I have brought you to a place uh, where manna doesn't work anymore. I need you to change your expectations about how I move in your life so I can do a greater work than I have done in the past. We are so accustomed to humanity around us that we begin to take that uh, humanity response uh, and put it on God, don't we? Because people let us down all the time. They disappoint us and they don't do what we think uh, they're going to do and they, they, they don't do what we expect uh, them to do and it means uh, that they don't like us and it means uh, that they uh, are moving away from us. Uh, but I want you to know we don't put uh, human attributes uh, on the deity of God um, because He, unlike people, uh, will never let you down. Uh, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you and he'll never abandon you. So it must be that he has just transitioned you. Although there are times that we do feel that God has abandoned us. There are times when it feels like God has moved away from us. I want you to know, and you know this inherently, but you got to make sure that you keep it in the forefront of our mind. That he will always be there. Every single step of the way. And that you are not alone. When you get up in the morning and there's no manna for you, you are not alone. You are not by yourself. God is right there with you and the prayer becomes, God, what am I going to eat today? Because what I'm accustomed to eating is no longer available to me. What am I going to eat? Because what I'm accustomed to has ceased. It was the transition 
that was going to define the children of Israel. From being a people that were accustomed to slavery and bondage and wandering and just barely making it to a people that was going to be defined as a mighty nation, a nation of conquerors, a nation whose God was their God, a nation in whom others feared and trembled. And it was all coming down to their response about what they expected from God rather than what God was wanting to give them. Perhaps there's someone here tonight that has found yourself in the darkness of doubt. And fear has consumed you like the darkness of night. Because what you have come to expect from God is no more. And we have defined that as God has left rather than God is calling me. <laughs> and we have defined that as God has abandoned me rather than God is beckoning me. And we have defined that as I've done something wrong rather than God is honoring the fact you've done something right. And the absence has caused there to be a confusion rather than a running to Him. We cannot go on like this. If this word is correct, and I believe it is, for you tonight, that tonight is the moment of transition of understanding, that I have prayed and I have prayed, but I have only allowed a very narrow answer to be given, and it hasn't come. And God is saying, that answer is not available no more. You have crossed over. And now you're eating of the new land. And I can't give to you the food of the old land while you are in, even though it may be only one foot in. I can't give you the old food when now you can only survive on the new food. And there is a call tonight. To go out to every single individual that is in this place. That recognizes that you are in between. Recognizes that you have found yourself wanting. Or lacking as the Bible would say. Lacking. Not in prayer. Because you're praying. But it feels like nothing's happening. Lacking not in worship because you're worshiping. And it feels like nothing is happening. But you're lacking in what you have come to expect of God. Rather than allow him to transition you to this new land of promise. 
He is not wanting us to eat manna any longer. He's wanting us to eat milk and honey. And we have to develop an appetite for milk and honey and cease the desires of manna in our life. What is he saying? He's saying the very fact that you feel abandoned lets you know that you've actually made it to a new place. Because it's uncomfortable, it's new, it's a little awkward, and I need to learn how to operate in this new place in God and take a hold of the new sustenance and develop a new understanding of diet that God is now ready to give me. We need to have our doubt eradicated out of our minds. The doubt that God has left us. The doubt that God no longer cares about us. And the doubt that God it doesn't even know we exist. The fact is, is that you have followed him and he has led you to a new place that manna does not sustain you any longer. And we have to transition. We need to recognize that God is on my side. And he's never left me. He's just transitioned me. And I have made it to the next place that God wants me to be. And in that transition, I need to leave the expected manna that I have always come to expect. And I need to embrace the new nourishment of blessing, the new nourishment of miracle, the new nourishment of understanding that God has for me. It was there at the walls of Jericho that the children of Israel had to make a decision. Do I turn back and I search for all the old ways that God dealt with me and provided for me? Or do I by faith walk forward and embrace the new way and embrace the new nourishment that God has always promised me is one way of knowing uh, and it's another way of having faith for it uh, in Jesus name. I say tonight that I'm ready to walk forward uh, in the promises uh, of God uh, and embrace uh, the things uh, that God wants to deliver to me uh, and do away uh, with the old uh, and embrace the new in Jesus name. Let's stand tonight. God does not want anybody to leave here tonight with a misunderstanding of how he's dealing with you. How easy would it have been for the children of Israel to be talking in their tents with their families. We're getting ready to do something great. We've never done it before. God has promised us this land. He's promised us this way. He's promised us that we're going to be a nation. He's promised us he's going to provide for us. Let's go out and get the miracle that we've always come to expect to get.
And they go out and there is no miracle. There is no answer. The prayers go up and they fall back down. They had a decision to make, Brother Barr, right there. They had a decision to make. Do they give up? Do they say it's not worth going to that city? Do they say it's not worth fighting this next battle? Or do they say, no, there's something else going on here. There's something else going on here. There, there, there's something about that milk and honey. We have never had milk and honey before. We don't really even know what it tastes like. But we've heard the words before. Do we figure out how to embrace it? Or are we too scared of it? And we're too comfortable with what we used to have. But it's not here anymore. What do we do? What do we do? There are people in this room that are teeter-tottering on the decision about I want my manna and I'm not really comfortable to embrace the milk and honey. I really want the old answer. I really want what I've come to expect. But God is saying, no, I don't need you to come forward in your walk with me. I need you to come forward in your commitment to me. I need you to come forward in what I want to do with you and what I want to do around you. I need you to embrace the new land and leave the manna behind. With every hand lifted in the building, God wants to speak to somebody right now. God wants to talk to you in your heart. God wants to talk to you. How many times does he have to bring us to the walled cities of Jericho? How many times does he have to bring us to the walled cities of Jericho and tell us, I need you to conquer this. I need you to conquer this. And we tell him time and time again, give me manna and I'll conquer it. Give me what I expect and I'll conquer it. God says, there's no more manna. No more. I've got something new for you. I got a new power for you. I got new nourishment for you. I've got something new for you to take this city with. It's time. It's time for somebody to embrace the way of God in your life. And say, because there's no more manna, it only means God has something new for me. Not that God has abandoned me. (laughs) Because there's no more manna, it only means that God wants me to walk forward. And leave the manna behind. In Jesus' name. Don't let the devil tell you God's left you. Don't let the devil tell you he's abandoned you. Don't let the devil tell you there's no more miracles in your life. Don't let the devil tell you he's got no more ministry for you. Don't let the devil tell you you'll never teach another Bible study again. Don't let the enemy tell you that you're worthless. Don't let the enemy tell you that you're all washed up. Don't let the enemy tell you because you cannot get what you have gotten in the past uh, that it's over for you. I say to you, uh, it's only because God has something new for you uh, and we have to embrace the milk and honey in our life. The devil's been on somebody in this room and he's convinced you that God doesn't care about you anymore while you're standing at the greatest victory of your life the walls of Jericho are about to come down but they can't come down if we're focused on manna you're standing at the precipice of the greatest miracle in your personal life that you have ever had before 
but that cannot happen if we're focused on where is the manna we have to focus on the promise and in the spirit you may be making a decision but in the natural I want you to begin to make your way down to this altar and say in Jesus name I'm making a step and I'm taking a stand that regardless if there's any manna or not I'm going to embrace what God has for me for my future right now I'm not leaving this place without saying God I trust you God I'm embracing new nourishment in my life God yes I've expected an answer but it hasn't come like I thought it was going to come and I am not going to abandon it tonight I'm going to embrace it come on come on come close come close come on God's going to do a work right now he's going to do a quick work right now come on come on come on come on you're not washed up come on God's not done with you yet come on come on God has brought you this far he hasn't brought you this far to leave you he's brought you this far to transition you come on get in close come on come up close with your hands lifted up and say in Jesus name in Jesus name I receive right now I receive right now the transition of from manna to the milk and honey right now the, the manna has ceased I recognize that and I wonder what the problem is there is no problem it's just that God has transitioned in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. I want you to lift your hands and say, I receive it in Jesus' name. I receive the transition in Jesus' name. Come on. I receive the transition in Jesus' name. Come on. God's still got to work for you. Come on. God's still got that Bible study for you to teach. God still has that co-worker for you to talk to. God still has that neighbor for you to witness to. God still has a work for you to do. God still has a class for you to teach. Come on. It's not over. It's not over, it's not over, it's not over, it's not over. Come on, it's not over, it's not over. It's not over, it's not over. Oh yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah, Lord. Oh, come on, somebody reach out to him. Say, Lord Jesus. Help me to transition into the newness that you have for me, God. Help me to transition into the newness that you have for me, God. Help me to transition. Oh, yes, God, I'm in the promised land. Show me, Lord God. Jesus, yes, Jesus. Oh, yes, God, in your name, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. I'm going to want you to find somebody right near to you and begin to pray with one another. How about you in the pews begin to pray with one another? And let's pray that God would open our eyes to see the newness of his path for our life. To embrace the milk and honey in our life. 
that Lord Jesus help me to embrace this new path God help me to embrace God the newness of this land that you have me in help me not be disappointed help me to recognize you haven't abandoned me you've just transitioned me oh yes God 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 oh yes Jesus yes Jesus oh yes God in your name Lord I love you Jesus help me Lord help me